0: welcome from Amsterdam. And thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout.
1: Good morning from Amsterdam. It's Tuesday, April the 7th. What do you say? The 7th Tuesday. Yes, I actually didn't have a podcast on on the Sunday. And what do you know? Then I actually thought i do it on Tuesday morning. I have a bit of time and then you get people calling. <laughs> That's why I normally do it on Sunday. But anyways, welcome uh, to Game Consultant. And uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone that responded to the last episode I have with Oliver Kern uh, about user acquisition, marketing during COVID-19, but also What can we expect uh, at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021? And uh, I'm definitely going to follow up on that because uh, very interesting feedback from studios that gave their thoughts on the marketing part of side of things, uh, but also um, development. What, What are you doing at the current moment? Are you going to develop... The game further? Um, Are you putting it on hold? Uh, A lot of people do have some questions like, okay, what does the future behold? And actually, we all don't know. So, um, no interviews today. I actually have a couple of lined up this week. Last week was a bit chaotic. Uh, Luckily, uh, I have actually set um, two for this week. No, I'm lying. One for this week and then another two next week. Um, so that'll all be good. So, on the other hand, I actually had two people or two companies that I forgot in the companies to watch item. Uh, so I'll do it today and obviously news and yeah, Chris Reed with his item about esports, Reed Things. Um, so, let's get started. So there was quite a bit of news, and uh, one that actually uh, I do find important to mention is that 40 more gaming companies have joined WHO, hashtag, play a part together. Uh, this is a awareness campaign for the coronavirus or against the coronavirus, is just how you want to say it. So 40 more gaming companies have joined the World Health Organization Hashtag play a part together uh, coronavirus awareness campaign. How do you write that, guys? So, anyways, hashtag play a part together. Check it out on Twitter, and I guess it's also being used on Facebook. I assume. Um, and more, the campaign has gained more than uh, 4.7 billion consumer media impressions worldwide. Uh, that's an article I'm I'm been reading on VentureBeat. Um, Slash games, so games beat. Um, I I wonder what that 4.7 billion consumer media impressions means. So, a lot of people have seen it. Does that mean anything financial that we can actually give to local hospitals? That's a question I would have. Uh, The promotional campaign organized by the game industry on behalf of the WHO encourages healthy. Physical distancing by bringing special events, exclusive activities, rewards, and inspiration to some of the most popular games in the world. Awesome. I love that initiative. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm very curious if that delivers some money in the bank for uh, the fight against Corona. Um, It's also on GamesBeat that Nielsen is coming out with a report that 39%, let's say 40% of the U.S. gamers are spending more money on the hobby. The hobby called gaming or games. As people continue to shelter in their homes in the fight against the coronavirus, video games are stepping up. The medium provides entertainment, but it is also a source of socialization. And now data tracking firm Nielsen is seeing the turn to games reflected in its monthly survey. So, Nielsen talked approximately 3,000 gaming fans in the United States, the UK, Germany and France from, let me see, March 23rd till March 29th. And found that 45% of the respondents in the US say they played more games compared than the week before. Okay, so, um, I actually said we're not, we shouldn't be bragging about that we're scoring high numbers. I guess also the gaming industry will face, um, some challenges. And, uh, again, uh, some of them we were highlighting last week with Oliver. Anyways, um, yeah, slush. No slush this year. Slush is a gaming... No, it's a tech event of which gaming is a large part of it. Now I say it properly. And they are cancelling the event in November 2020. Uh, They are looking for new ways to support startups struggling due to COVID-19. Yeah, well, due to the pandemic. That's what we call it, actually, worldwide. We have a pandemic. I hate the words, Um but as it stands um, and there is no vaccine, we might be actually stuck uh, more at our homes. And obviously we have to see how we're going to move around, even if we're allowed to move around, go out of the houses, maybe go to work, then still um, a way of social distancing strange, but it's uh, apparently where we are. Uh, the organizers expressed concern for the health and safety of the events community as a reason to cancel the event in the light of the ongoing novel corona- coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, but they also explained why they are pulling the plug. Seven months ahead already, yeah? uh, It should be, sorry, it would have been uh, irresponsible to overlook the possible financial ramifications not only slush, but also our partners, vendors, and visitors in case we would have been forced to cancel the event closer to November. We believe that during times like this, Slush can help startups 365 days of the year instead of just two days in November. I think that's a very nice way of dealing with this. Um, yeah, then... Games industry actually came out with gaming hours, spent digital purchases are up. So um same as um uh at GameSpeed and, and yeah. Of those, at least 20% of the active regular game players in each country are now playing games even more often, specifically because of COVID nineteen. Um I think uh we all know. The people might actually be bound to their homes and play more games. So it's up, 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 all very nice. But Superdata, Nielsen uh, Tower Sensor and all you others, Nielsu, do actually send out the press releases as much as you can when you're seeing numbers that are actually going to shred when it goes down because people actually have to start working or they're annoyed or they have no money anymore. Um I mean, right now it's uh, Valhalla in gaming lands. Um, but yeah, as I said, we might face some challenges too. Uh, and then I had Oscar in episode 11 or 12, I think. Um, and he said he couldn't tell it. And now he did. Fundamentally, games races seed round to help developers create live ops. It's on PocketGamer.biz. And uh, Oscar and Ella Romanos are set to help developers make their titles uh, living games thanks to the new seed round of funding. Sometimes I wonder who's writing it. Let me read it again. Fundamentally, games founders Oscar Clark and Ella Romanos are set to help developers make their titles living games thanks to a new seed round of funding. Yeah, living games. Yeah, make their titles living games. I sometimes wonder if the people that are journalists also wonder um, how they write. I mean, people from Germany, Dutch, Scandinavia, whatever. uh, There's a way how British write. And sometimes we, the other Europeans... Uh, completely get it wrong, or Americans can write certain words that they feel are very easy to understand, which are completely new words for us, even for me. Anyways, I will explain. The company will provide tools, processes, and resources to manage live operation games. To further aid development teams, Clark and Romanos will discuss plans with developers during the early stages. Furthermore... They will receive help from finances, publishers and more at stage at each stage of the project. Anyways, uh, Oscar, well done. I like it and I might actually follow up later on. This was, I think the most important news of last week.
0: Hey guys, welcome into another Rethinks. Mainstream culture turns to esports. My stepfather is not um an avid esports watcher, I'll just say that. Um my brother has been playing Super Smash Bros. Melee on the circuit uh whether locally, regionally or nationally for about 6 or 7 years. And uh there's just some funny stories over the years of uh my stepfather kind of uh needle him a little bit saying why are you playing those games? And then we tell them about Twitch and why are you watching people playing games and kind of this whole uh, those kind of those mainstream esque questions that um maybe gamers and streamers get and esports players get. Um so I kind of chuckle a little bit about this because of what has happened over the last week um when it comes to the engagement levels in esports because of the tradi- you know, traditional sports have come to a halt. And I can now say that my stepfather has watched an esports event because what has happened with the e NASCAR iRacing Pro Imitational series over the last few weeks now week 1 we talked about really the cascading effect once the NBA suspended their season and and how um other major sports followed there, thereafter of the next couple of days and obviously uh the racing scene did the same and you've seen some just incredible activations into the, the virtual world into streaming and into activating on actual broadcasting networks like Fox sports and FS one, which we'll go over in just a minute. So it's just fascinating to see what's happened over the last few weeks. We talked about it initially with the Phoenix suns the day after the NBA suspended their season saying that they would play the regular season, um, on NBA 2k. And then that has led to uh, a players only tournament that happened that's happening today, but also happened yesterday. Um, And it's just really cool to see those engagements. But the reason why I talk about NASCAR is because of my my stepfather. So he watched this event this week. He watched uh, the Virtual Texas Motor Speedway, and this is from AutoWeek.com. But he watched a Virtual Texas Motor Speedway event, again brought on by eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series, which drew 1.3 million viewers, increasing viewership from the week before, and breaking its own eSport television ratings record in the process. So the week before that, uh the Invitational series was at the Virtual Homestead Miami Speedway, and they, they uh collected nine hundred and three thousand viewers. Um so that was that shattered that record by over four hundred thousand viewers. Um and it was just it was interesting talking to him because he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed the experience. It was the first time he's ever watched um a virtual event or an esports event, obviously, but he enjoyed it. Um so and it was someone that I never would have thought would ever have watched an eSport in 2020, right? But the situation that we are in um, uh, with this pandemic and dealing with quarantine, this is what culture is right now, and you're seeing mainstream culture dive into the esports space for engagement. Look, not just for engagement, but I, I also want to mention the social layer of this. People want to engage with other people. So when you're talking about the, the eSports and gaming space, streaming space – You're talking about the opportunity, if it is being streamed on those platforms such as Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer, you can jump into chat and engage with people. You can be on a Discord server and um, have an audio conversation. For those that use Discord, obviously know that. So this just gives another social layer that, quite frankly, isn't there in the physical space. So that's just something to keep in mind and something, again, we've talked about over the last few weeks. One other number I want to pull from this event that happened this past Sunday was Fox Sports claim that the broadcast attracted 255,000 viewers who had not watched a NASCAR Cup Series race in 2020. Think about that for a second. That's about, about what? 18% of the viewers were watching this event that otherwise would not, or had not watched a NASCAR event previously this year. So it's bringing in new eyeballs, new viewership, new engagement. Sponsors are going to see this the entire different industries are going to see this. So it's going to be fascinating to see all the different activations and the different layers of what's going to happen. But these numbers are interesting. I hope you guys found that interesting as far as what NASCAR has done with the NASCAR series and iRacing. And there's obviously been many other activations, but I wanted to bring that up, especially with my stepfather and the story that that I have with him. So, you know, for me, look, it's a, it's a, such an inflection point that now that he's watching the esports event, so many people that, have never watched esports are now watching. The average age of a NASCAR fan is fifty-eight. Think about that. What is the average age of someone on Twitch, someone on a streaming platform, or watching esports? What is that number? That you know, it's no one has an exact number for that, but let's just say it's it's thirty, right? This brings in a whole new demographic of people. It's just so fascinating to me. I could talk about it for a while, um, but I want to get your thoughts. So. Want to actually hear from you guys? If you could send me a message, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, I'm Chris Reed on LinkedIn. C R I S R E E D. Send me your questions. Send me topics that you would like to be discussed on. Reed thinks right now. I thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to do this. Uh, but the racing scene has really. Um, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge racing fan myself. And to end this, I'll just say this: I've watched more racing in the past couple of weeks than I have voluntarily. Probably my whole life. It's just a more engaging. And again, I'm part of that 255,000 viewership piece of the 1.3 million that watched on last Sunday. That's bringing bringing you in. So it's fascinating to me. Um, I do want to hear from you guys. What other topics down the road would you like to be discussed? Again, this is just my thoughts on the esports, the gaming space, the tech tech side, startup side. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week with another episode.
1: So in the companies to watch, I have two actually uh, today. And um, let me start with Yuval. And uh, Yuval came actually on my radar because um, yeah, I have been working with him for quite a while. Um, and I don't know exactly how, but... Um, I was looking at something and then i found his name and then linkedin helped and there you go Uh, it's not an easy name i would say but anyways the link is um, is in 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 the reference of this episode and it's picoya and it's uh with a y on the end and um, so i did ask him like can you describe the company and he's saying it's an online marketing technology company uh there are three co founders of two are ex google software engineers and an internet marketing specialist uh that must be yuval huh <laughs> of course um, <clears throat> We develop tools in house to manage uh each stage of the campaign management based on these tools. Our employees promote both on our own portals and community and games for developers on a performance basis and That actually is rather interesting. And um, I actually had two of my clients uh, looking at their services. So very interesting uh, what they're doing. And actually, they do it for quite a while, since April 2009. So the company is existing uh, longer than 10 years uh, going into their 11th. Um, Some other details, downtown Haifa. In Israel, it's a city in the northern part, actually, of Israel. And uh, they have about 25 employees. Um, They have a large staff worldwide, working mostly on content writing, graphic design, and video editing. Um, Of course, I did ask, can you say something about the revenues? But they rather don't say too much about it. But they are profitable. And uh, that's growing month over month. Uh, and, yeah, something in eight digits, something. Well, um, they're doing really nicely and uh, respectfully. Uh, that's why I'm saying um, a company to watch. Let me see. Uh, if I forget something, could you add it? And then he said, working closely with the teams that support advanced technology companies in both Google and Facebook some API tools uh to buy from Google and Facebook over fifty game related communities with tens of millions of followers on Facebook and um, yeah, what can I say? interesting um he then followed up a little bit later with an email because I was being the jerk saying like, hey, I'm going to postpone the item." And then I started to do these interviews, and they were all rather long. And then before you know, you get an extra five, six minutes. So um, he followed up, as sweet as he is, and he said, our goal is to create the most popular and high-quality game portals and communities and reach 100 million active monthly players. We're looking to cooperate with mobile app developers who have a good, steady marketing budget and add their apps to our websites. Um, as I said, if you're listening to this episode, uh, you can listen to it on um, Spotify, the iTunes, Google Podcasts. Most of them do have a section where you can read uh, what this episode is all about. But uh, And, and then obviously, you see uh, um, the name of the company in yuval but... Uh, if you're going to podcastgameconsultant.com, you will see the links, et cetera, et cetera. And most likely, you clicked also on it when you saw it on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And then there are links also to uh, the company Picoya from Yuval Koren. Am I saying that last name correctly, Yuval? Well, let me know. Anyways, um, that was... Yuval, and then I'm actually having Javier, Javier. Okay. One more time. Javier. Okay. You can choose from the three. Um, and I know, I actually got in contact via LinkedIn. I tried to say, like, Hey, can you say something about what's going on right now with your company? And he said, like, yeah, well, we need to get back. Uh, because, uh, yeah, because of COVID, um, flights are canceled. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And um, so, bottom line, he he wrote me quite an extensive email. Yeah, suddenly he had time for it because he was waiting for his flight. This was Friday, March 13th. I I repeat, Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Uh, Besides the fact I'm almost a month late, um, this was Friday the 13th and his flight got canceled, and um, and th- he's talking about it. He's basically saying, hey, forgive me, okay, <laughs> about taking a moment between two canceled flights and reaching the front page today on subreddit. It was a full day. Yeah. And then I'm the jerk that actually says, "La, but pff, I don't have time. Let's do it a month later. Sorry for that, uh, Graffier. Um, he's the game director of Dream of Darkness. So uh, I did ask him for a description. Um, That actually is uh, also a link which you will find. Uh, Dream of Darkness is a Lovecraft plus Aztecs highly replayable adventure for PC in pre-production. We're offering uh, a unique story uh, on each playthrough Okay. That needs a bit of, uh, altering. I, I, I think. Um, but anyways, um, they also sent a demo of, uh, Aztec God of the Underworld. And, um, you know, they're very, very, very enthusiastic. And that's what I like so much. Uh, if you talk about the indie community, sometimes people can be really like, it's hard. And eh. these guys are missing flights. Uh, they're still, Find the time to respond to you and being so happy and so freaking enthusiastic. And I mean that in a very, very positive way. Keep it going, guys. I love you for that. Uh, How long does the company exist? January 2019. So one year and three months. No, that's not true. It's one year and four months by now. Um, Before that, we made VR training for high risk incidents in the Mexican oil industry. We pivoted because the new government shut down all entrepreneurial and science initiatives. And this is what I mean. Don't stop. Keep going. Hashtag respect. The vision of the company. Uh, there's an opportunity in story-driven games. We're looking for the right angel investor. So anyone out there, if you're interested, um, <clears throat> I have the link from Xavier to the LinkedIn of his well, his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> and uh reach out, and maybe Javier can also send you then a deck. Gamers love great stories like Bioshock, but many play only uh once or watch them on YouTube without buying them. That's millions of triple A production to waste. Um, how many people were based in sunny Mexico City? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, the ancient uh, Aztec capital, Uh, core team of two game developers, one uh, artist, two historians. I repeat, two historians and our CFO. Um, We have in mind recruiting additional executives when the time comes. Nicely said. Um, our target is US, and UK, 23-year-old uh, gamers passionate about narrative and cosmic horror. Uh, well, obviously in pre-sales, they say self-funded, uh, validating product market fit. <clears throat> we have the resources to build our game, um, but we're taking an agile approach. Releasing to the public prototype since pre-production to validate our market and which features they would value most. And I, I like the whole Agile thing of this uh, bootstrap and Agile. Uh, keep testing, keep trying, uh, improve and community, community, community. Um, April, there will also be a new release. Thank you. Ran out for doing it a little bit later. So now it's April. And hey, we will release our new prototype. Guys, where are you at? Let me know. We'll donate all of our sales to prevent extinction of the Mexican ingenuous language. I hope I said that right. Uh, As for the challenges of 220, um, there's no early stage smart money in Mexico for the games industry. That's why we're looking abroad. However, the coronavirus has canceled both of our presentations at GDC and our flights to EGX. Um, so no worries. We can work around those. Ah, uh, man. If the people of Pocket Gamer is seeing this, this week is Pocket Gamer Digital. Maybe they can give you a quick um, spot or podium to do something. Um, we're also a very passionate, growing community over 30 uh, U.S. and U.K. streamers as well as 100 Gamers. Oh, Amen. Um, we're looking for a mentor experience in story-driven games to make our development plans most efficient. Again, none exist in Mexico. Well, maybe you should reach out to Oscar. Oscar Clark is the name. That's a hint, Gavier. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I'm not allowed to say the site because they weren't ready with the site or it wasn't updated, but you know, I always say if things are really going well, then most of the time the site is not updated properly. Who the fuck, sorry, who cares? It's immertual.com. It's uh, I-M of Marie, dot com, But then again, I have the email address of Gavier uh, in the blog. And then it ends actually at, and then you see. So check it out. Uh, guys, again, sorry for me being late, but sometimes things have a reason. Life has its reasoning. So that was all for today, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. It was a quick one. And because of some rescheduling, Pocket Gamer Digital, uh, two people that were not feeling too well, um, I basically said, you know, um, uh, since the episode with Oliver was doing extremely well and I also got a lot of questions on that, uh, I thought like, you know, I'm taking a weekend of doing nothing and uh that's why it's tuesday morning. Uh so we'll be back sunday normally uh with a normal episode again and another chris reed with reed thinks. And yeah, we have a surprise uh actually Joachim who I had in my episodes before is also doing uh an item. He's doing the headlines of Uh, his company that he's always sending out on Friday, a really good email with highlights of the industry and other topics. And I did ask him, hey, uh, I love it. Can you make an item uh, for my uh, podcast, Game Consultant? And he says, yes. So I'm extremely happy. I have two top dogs that are helping me with two really good items um so since Joachim is then doing the highlights of the games industry i don't have to do game new game news and oh yeah and yeah chris is doing esports obviously so then i can focus on my interviews all right ciao for now
0: Welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant.